Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Sound the alarm. Justin Fields has been inconsistent at Bears minicamp. Sports Talk Chicago. Here for John's Glow. Appreciate you tuning in. Follow us everywhere at Sports Talk Chicago. Hit us up here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and the like button. And also make sure you help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. This is not a drill, folks. This is not a joke. This is not me being hypercritical. Coming down and bringing the hammer on Justin Fields for not doing well. This is a credited report from a real reporter. Adam Hogue went on 670 the score today. And did not have good things to say about Justin Fields. He said, quote, today was not a great day for QB1. The concern for me is when he's going to other wide receivers, when he passes to other wide receivers. Hoke said, quote, I'm still seeing more of the guy we saw last year where there just is that inconsistency, and today especially. I found myself standing on the practice field there today, literally saying, throw the ball, throw the ball. This was during seven-on-seven drills with no pass rush. No pass rush, no pressure, no not, nothing to worry about, no fans, no defense, and Justin was inconsistent and was worried about throwing the football to some receivers. Hogue did go on to say that him and DJ Moore have a great connection, and Fields has the utmost confidence in Moore based on how quickly he throws the ball to him in his direction, which is encouraging. And we talked about that from the beginning when the Bears made that trade, that it'll be nice for Fields to have a true number one, a true safety blanket, somebody who he could trust 100% of the time to make routine catches and extraordinary catches at times. But this is not good. When Hogue was asked if he sees anything good from Fields, Hogue said, quote, it's not that there's nothing good going on. There is. We all just want to see it be more consistent. That does not sound like a confident quote. Some things are going good. I can't point them out to you, but don't worry. Just needs to see more consistency. This is an alarming report. And I don't want to say that this means Justin Fields is doomed or things are going to go bad in 2023. It is mini camp. It's the summer. And Fields needs to get back into football mode. And that's fine. Not every bad camp or bad practice or bad report from minicamp or training camp is going to turn into a bad season. But no matter how you slice it, this is concerning. There's no pass rush. There's no pressure. There are no fans. This isn't under the guise of a clock, play clock, game clock, two-minute drill. Game-winning drive. No, this is just 7-on-7, no pads, practice, no pass rush, and yet Fields is unsure of when to throw the football. He's holding on to the ball too long. He's being inconsistent. He is missing targets, plainly, except for D.J. Moore. For a team that spent so much money on him, invested in him, brought in players to help him, 
this is concerning today. Again, this doesn't mean he's doomed. This doesn't mean it's the end of the world. But reading this report, hearing about what's going on in training camp, yes, this is concerning. If you don't see it, then that's your problem. I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid about Justin Fields. If he's not looking good, we're going to have to acknowledge it. And although it may be discouraging for all of us to hear that, if it's true, it's going to be said on this program. And it's obviously true at this point, on this day, that Justin Fields is going through some problems on the field. That is concerning for a guy who's in his second year in this offense, second year under this head coach, and has just received lots of gifts from Ryan Poles. And for a team that has high expectations, they do. They're not supposed to go 3-13, and 3-14 and 14 anymore. If the Bears go 3-14 and 14 this year, I could guarantee you that Justin Fields might get ousted. Same with Eberflus and Poles. Not kidding. Nobody expects them to go 3-14 and 14 this year. So there are heightened expectations to an extent. I think a wild card spot is on the table. Others don't. Fine. But we can all agree six wins minimum, maybe seven. Right now with this report, could be a stretch. I found myself standing on the practice field there today literally saying, throw the ball, throw the ball. I'm still seeing more of the guy we saw last year where there just is that inconsistency. And that doesn't mean Justin Fields was a bad quarterback last year, but obviously, as we heard throughout the offseason, as we even saw last year, he needs to work on his passing game. That's a fact. Not a criticism. Not, oh, I hate Justin Fields. I don't believe in him. It's just the truth. Any quarterback who does not throw for 3,000 yards, you're going to hear somebody say, hey, he needs to work on his passing game. Right? He's a quarterback. That's his job to throw the football. I love that Justin could run for 1,100 yards. And I hope he does the same thing this year. But I'd love to see 3,500, 4,000 passing yards. And I think it's possible. He did it at Ohio State. He was a good pocket passer there. He could do the same here in the NFL if need be. But obviously, we're seeing some issues, seeing some struggles, seeing some situations in which he isn't confident. He isn't consistent. He isn't hitting his receivers where they should be or where they are on the field. That's scary. Every quarterback makes mistakes. Every quarterback falls short. The best do. Tom Brady does and did. Peyton Manning did. Brett Favre did. Brett Favre threw a pick for the Vikings in the NFC Championship game and lost his team the game. Still an all-time great quarterback. Everybody makes mistakes. Fields can too. The concerning part is no pass rush, seven on seven, no pads, barely any defense, and he's still mentally not able to throw the football at the right time. And he's worried, and he's second-guessing himself, and he's inconsistent, and he's not confident, and he can be at times inaccurate, according to all this reporting. That is scary because it's June, going to be July soon, season's around the corner, and there's no excuse for it. That's the scary part. Can't sit here and say, well, new offense, first-year head coach, first-year offensive coordinator. We've gone through that already. We've gone through that narrative already. We can't recycle it. It's gone. That narrative's gone out in the past. We saw the Bears tank already. We saw the Bears suck 
already. We saw Justin Fields have bad games and good games last year. This whole season is centered around him, and it's centered around this team growing from worst in the NFL to maybe a wildcard team, maybe a 500 team at the least. So hearing about this report is concerning. And if you don't think so, then I'm sorry, but you're drinking Justin Fields' Kool-Aid. You're not going to like to hear that. You're not going to like me saying it. You're going to call me a Justin Fields hater. I can envision the comments already, and that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But this is concerning. This is scary. I heard about this report today, and it's scary. And it's so funny. Hogue was on the radio, and one of the hosts goes, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the report. Right, because you don't want to be wrong. I'm willing to say that I'm wrong about Justin Fields or right. I'm willing to address a report like this. It needs to be addressed. You deserve to hear about it. You deserve to know what's going on with Fields. What's going on with this team? I'd rather be fed the truth than a lie. I'd rather be told, hey, it's not looking too good. Things are inconsistent rather than, hey, everything's fine and the season's going to be great and then be disappointed later. I'd rather have the idea that I could be disappointed now, and I am. This is disappointing news. This is tough news to hear. And I hope that Justin Fields could recover, and he has time to do so. He has time to get acclimated with this team, with this new offense, as far as weaponry goes. The positive is he can already connect with DJ Moore. That's a good thing. That's what everybody expected and what we wanted to see. But hey... Darnell Mooney's not a bum of a wide receiver. Chase Claypool kind of is now, but really isn't overall. He has weapons to play with. It's time for him to get used to everybody and for him to make an impact. This is on his shoulders now. This is concerning now. And there's no more excuses. Again, we've gone through the gamut of excuses for him. We can't do it anymore. I'd love to continue to make excuses to allow him to continue to develop and and believe in him, but there, there comes a point where you can't do it. There comes a point where you have to say, hey, this isn't good, right? With Mitch Trubisky every year, somebody made excuses, 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 and then it didn't work out. I still don't maintain it was his fault, but... All of you, or a lot of you, made excuses in the beginning. Then everybody turned on him, and he was ousted, right? There comes a time where there's a breaking point. This is a breaking point year for Justin Fields, no matter what. You could take what you want from this report, but if Justin Fields does not show improvement in 2023, hey, guess what? It might be time for him to go. Tough saying, but the truth. This is going to be year three in which the Bears have invested their time in him. Year two under the same offensive system and year one with legitimate weaponry that everybody's been asking for and clamoring for. There is no excuse why we're hearing about bad reports about Justin Fields. And I know it's minicamp. I know it's not game time yet. He has time to improve. And maybe this will be an afterthought in a couple of months. But right now, as we talk about this, as we analyze this reporting, it is concerning. The Bears invested in him indirectly and directly to an extent. They brought in quality players for him, weaponry for him. He's under a second-year OC, a second-year HC, a second-year GM. Everybody in that building believes in him, which is good. He's getting everything finally to go his way, 
Now it's up to him to stay out of his own way. And right now, according to reporting, he's not looking too good. I hope for the best. But Bears fans, the whole moral of this story is this. You're allowed to say things aren't looking great. (laughs) You're allowed to say that you have concerns. It's valid. Until Justin Fields puts up 3,500, 4,000 yards, maybe wins an MVP or comes close, we are going to have to wonder whether or not he's the guy still. He proved last year that he improved from year one. Now he needs to prove this year that he improved from year two. We need to see improvement. We need to see valid, legitimate improvement. And right now, according to these reports, we aren't seeing it. That's the scary part. Well, there's no other way to put it. Chase Claypool's in big trouble. Sports Talk Chicago, Hibbert Johns Glue. Appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears content. Hit that like button. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. Chase Claypool is already on the chopping block, in my opinion. I'm happy he's here. I'm happy that he could be a number two or at least a number two B wide receiver. Those things I like. But I don't like the fact that last year he sucked. I don't like the fact that the Bears essentially gave up a late, late first-round pick for him. And now I don't like the fact that, according to new reports, some of the locker room are frustrated with Chase Claypool. Right now. This is not old. This is not from last year. Right here, right now. Apparently, he's not self-motivated. Apparently, he still hasn't learned the playbook. He's still struggling. Not self-motivated. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 acknowledge this. According to locker room sources, he is not self-motivated. He has not learned the playbook yet. He keeps saying he's going to, and he has it. According to reports, this is even more discouraging since he has plenty of reasons to be motivated because it's a contract year for him. Contract year, and he sucks, and he's still not performing up to his potential. This is scary. Maybe part of it's my fault. I put a lot of trust into Claypool considering his past and considering the fact that he didn't need to be the number one guy. DJ Moore's here. Not as much pressure. Not as much coverage from defenses. Probably could ball out and have a decent year as a number 2A or 2B wide receiver. I guess I'm wrong. I guess I put too much faith in him and too much trust in his ability because guess what? He doesn't even want to learn the damn playbook. Apparently, I'm way off on him, and this is horrible. This is just a horrible report to see. This is June, and we're seeing this. And this is a continuation from what happened last year. We all rejoiced, and we were so excited about the Chase Claypool trade. I was so pumped. It was so exciting. Hey, 1,000-yard wide receiver, stud in Pittsburgh. Didn't really work out this past season, but, hey, the Bears could repair him. There was a weird quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. They were screwing Mitch Trubisky again, amongst other things. Bring in Chase Claypool. He'll do great. Well, he didn't. And, yes, you could say, well, Justin Fields didn't throw the ball. The Bears were tanking. But Chase Claypool, there were reports at that time that he was not catching onto the playbook well. So then, turned to do well. It's okay. Has a full offseason. He'll have a first full year in Chicago. He'll learn this playbook. He'll understand what to do. He'll have a specific role, and he will thrive in 2023. Well, it's already June, and we're still having the same problem we had six months ago. So what's been going on in the past six months? 
My goodness. Come on. I love this quote. This is an article from Sports Mockery. It appears some people inside Hallis Hall are already getting annoyed by Claypool, too. It is pretty damn annoying, isn't it? It's very annoying. You come in, you're, you're traded for, for essentially a first-round pick. You suck, but you claim you're going to get better. You're still not doing anything, and now we sit here and it's June. You've been with the team for, what, nine months now, considering the trade? And you still don't know the playbook? You still haven't done enough to study it? You're, you're not doing well in minicamp? With, with no pressure? With, with nothing? And now there's a lack of self-motivation. This is turning into a headache for the Bears. And it's turning into a headache, frankly, for Justin Fields and for this offense. They were counting on him. Really, they were. Supposed to be a 2A, 2B wide receiver with the acquisition of DJ Moore. He was supposed to play a big role on this team this year. And I'm not saying that it's impossible for him to turn it around, but right now it's not looking too good. This article goes on to say Chase Claypool can't afford a sense of entitlement simply because the Bears traded a second-round pick for him. Well, that is looking more and more like a miscalculation. Ryan Poles isn't about to compound one mistake with another by handing him a lucrative contract extension. If he doesn't earn his keep on this roster, he could find himself out of a job next offseason with a bad reputation following him out the door. What an article, what a comment. There to end. Yes, exactly. This does not behoove Claypool in any which way. That's another reason why I was excited. Hey, contract year, contract year, wants to get paid. Got traded last year. Kind of a bad reputation already. Hey, here's my chance, if I'm Chase Claypool, to turn in a nice, productive season. Maybe 900 yards, 2A, 2B wide receiver. Hey, I did great with Justin Fields. Here's what I did. Pay me money. Instead, it's, I don't even want to play. I'm not interested. I'm not motivated. I'm not in the mood to do this today. Oh, and by the way, the Bears traded essentially a first-round pick for me. Essentially. But I'm not in the mood to play. I'm not in the mood to come to work today. not in the mood to really give it my all. You know what? I don't like that attitude. I don't because I know he's much better than what he lets on. He did have a 1,000-plus yard season. He was the Steelers' lead wide receiver at one point with Big Ben. He was the successor, true, to Antonio Brown. When Antonio went off the skids and went to the Raiders, Chase Claypool was counted on and he delivered. I mean, he was supposed to be the next big thing, and whatever happened there happened. Comes to the Bears, fresh start, new scenery, still has that talent, can't perform. Now we're hearing he's not motivated and he still hasn't learned the playbook? This is beyond troubling and beyond wrong. And I agree with this article 100%. Ryan Paul is not dumb. He's not going to compound mistake after mistake. If this keeps up, Claypool may never play a game this season. Or he'll play very in very limited time. Because there's no point in running him out on the field if he doesn't even want to be there. 
There's no point in putting him out there if he's not interested in learning how to play the Bears' way. And by the way, the Bears are not a hard organization to fit into. This is not the Patriot way or, you know, some strict structure. It's Matt Eberflus, it's Luke Getze, it's Justin Fields. Everybody's learning on the job. Everybody's a first, second-year quarterback, head coach, offensive coordinator, GM. These guys are willing to work with him. They're willing to tolerate a little bit of what he brings to the table, but not this. And I don't blame them. This is bull. This is complete bull. I don't even blame Ryan Poles fully for that trade because you know what? He probably thought he was getting somebody he could rehabilitate could turn into a 1,000-yard wide receiver because he did it before, and instead he gets this. He gets somebody who doesn't want to be there. He gets somebody who is uninterested in learning, uninterested in just understanding how to play Bears football. I mean, this is horrible. That's why I said open up this video, and it is 100% true. Chase Claypool's in big trouble. He won't get cut today, although he could, But as far as his future in the NFL goes, it is in trouble if this continues. If I'm a GM and I see this report, if I'm the GM of any other team besides the Bears and I see this report, I'm not interested. Right now, right right away, I'd say, you know what? I don't want to deal with it. The Bears traded for him. They gave up a big pick for him. He didn't perform. Now he doesn't even want to play, doesn't even want to learn. And it's June. If I were a GM, I'd already say, you're out the door, Chase. Don't want you even if he puts up a big year. Because you know what? He could just get lucky. He could just have a good year because Justin Fields finds him open during the season. Doesn't mean he actually learned. Doesn't mean he actually took the time to care. If I'm a GM right now in the NFL and I see this report about Chase Claypool, I am crossing him off my list and moving forward. I am. No problem with that. It's not like he's a household name. It's not like somebody where I need to worry about catering to his ego. It's not a T.O., it's not a Jerry Rice, it's not a Larry Fitzgerald. It's Chase Claypool. I could find 50 other Chase Claypools somewhere come next year. Or I could draft somebody who's going to be hungry and motivated enough to play and actually learn. He has no business feeling this way. He has no business being this way. And he is digging his own football grave by doing it. This is concerning. This is troubling. This is wrong. And if I'm the Bears, I'm taking note today. Because guess what? If this continues, he should not suit up one game in 2023. So, according to Justin Jones, Packers fans don't know football. Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglou. Appreciate all of you tuning in. If you hate the Packers, subscribe to this channel. Just kidding. If you want sports from a Chicago perspective, Subscribe to this channel. You can also follow us everywhere at Sports Talk Chicago and hit up our great sponsor, Amish Country Farms. I mean, we hate the Packers here, but I'm never going to go out on a limb and say what Bears defensive tackle Justin Jones said during a press conference. This was official. This was live on the Bears' social media accounts. Reporters were asking him questions. This is not some blogger or some podcaster catching him in a bad situation. This is him being blunt and honest with everybody. He called Packers fans an expletive which I want to say, but this is going to be on TV later on Aurora Public Access TV, so we're not going to say that, an expletive, called them obnoxious, and said, quote, half of them don't even know football. 
And I wish Aaron Rodgers was still there because if we got one more year to face him, we'd beat the hell out of him. And he wants to beat the hell out of the Packers this year. I'm going to go there and beat the hell out of them and hear their fans boo. Wow. People on Twitter saying that he that they love him so much for his comments. Look, we all know there's a Bears-Packers rivalry. I mean, we're not stupid. I know about it. I don't really partake in it too much because I love football in general. You put on a game, I'm going to watch it, right? You put on a Packers game, and I get to watch the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. I will tune in. But I have to say, I love these comments. My goodness. I just love the blunt attitude that Jones has. I wish we can get him on this show because I'd love to hear more about what he has to say. My goodness, they're blank, expletive. They're obnoxious. Half of them don't even know football. You could say that about some Bears fans, too. Or other teams' fan bases, but especially Packers fans. Not kidding. They don't know about football half the time. You know, you go on Twitter and you see some of the arguments that I see between Packers fans and Bears fans, and really it's ridiculous. We see people on the Packers side trash Justin Fields, drag him through the mud every single day when they just lost their quarterback and they brought in somebody now who really has proven nothing. Hey, Jordan Love had so many picks in college, I'm surprised the Packers even took him at UCLA. It was not impressive. And the whole we own you, give me a break. Hey, both franchises are founding members of this league. No matter what. The we own you stuff is ridiculous. I could see if the Packers are saying that to the Jaguars or to the Texans or one of these newer teams that have no history and have sucked for a long time. The Bears have a storied history. They might have only won one Super Bowl. They've won NFL championships. They've been around since the beginning. What do they got? That the Super Bowl trophies named the Lombardi Trophy and the NFC Championship trophies named the Hallis Trophy. You know what? If that's all you got on us, Packers fans, then fine. I'll admit that. Okay? You want to talk about trophy names? Fine. But there's really not much more that you can say. It's not like the Packers have won Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Last time I checked, only won one with Aaron Rodgers. And one with Brett Favre. It's not like they're winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl with the same quarterback. They might have had the same quarterback or two quarterbacks for 30 years, and that's great. Good for you for having stability. How many championships do you have? The Raiders just got ties with Derek Carr. has been there for, what, 10 years? Stability, no winning, goodbye. Look at them now, cutting ties with Aaron Rodgers. You could say it was mutual. Aaron Rodgers is a kook, whatever you want to say. <laughs> But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Hall of Fame QB. He did win you a Super Bowl, and he's gone because he didn't win enough. So Jones has a point here. He does. But, I mean, I've heard some outlandish Bears fans as well. So I don't want to say that just Packers fans don't even know football. I barely know football. All of us don't know football. We're not on the field. We're not in the film room. We're not scouts. We're not GMs. We are prognosticators and and opinionists. That's what we are. That's what we do. Some opinions are better than others. At the end of the day, these were the most blunt comments of the entire Bears offseason. And I love the antithesis of 
this versus Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles very quiet, right? Very shrewd, very to the point, but doesn't give too much away. Matt Eberflus, the same. Everybody, really, on the Bears. Justin Fields, they all are good at PR. They're good at saying what we need to hear. They don't ever go off a script, right? Justin Jones went off script. Justin Jones just put it out there and said, I hate these blankers. I hate these people. And they don't know blank. And they're obnoxious. He said that before they were calling plays, before even the game, they were going through drills and the Packers fans were yelling at them. And he's like, you guys don't even know what we're doing right now. The game hasn't even started. And he's right. They are obnoxious. Just yell about things that don't even matter, quote. Half of them don't even know football. It's so weird to me. That's what he said. He said they're just yelling about things that don't even matter. Half of them don't even know football. It's so weird to me. His words, not mine. His words, not mine. Wow. I'm ready to take over the NFC North. It's a good time to be a Bears fan. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, I think we can all agree on that, even Packers fans. Because you have to put real spin on your team to convince me that you're okay with losing Aaron Rodgers, replacing him with Jordan Love, and not having any plans for the future, but hey, it's going to be okay. Right? Got to put some real spin on that versus the Bears. Hey, we made a big trade. We drafted some pieces. We already tanked. That's in the past now. We're trying to move forward. There's more encouragement more positivity, and just more freaking potential for the Bears compared to what Green Bay has to offer. So that statement is factually accurate based on what's been going on. The rest might be opinion, but I will say this, he has a point. But I will say again, if Jones said that about his own team or any other team in the NFL, there is a point to be made. Every team has meatball fans including the Bears. You could call me a meatball at times, right? You could say with some of my opinions that they're meatball-ish. But you know what? That's what makes the opinionist business so great. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it enticing. Sometimes I watch bad TV to laugh, right? Sometimes I'll put on Undisputed to laugh at Skip Bayless because he's a joke. But you know what? It's funny. Now they got a 0.0 rating in Chicago. Nobody even Chicago. No one in Chicago watches them. I might be the only one, I guess. I'll put them on once in a while. But you know what? It's funny to watch bad TV, right? It's funny at times to watch bad opinionists. It's funny to hear a bad opinion and drag somebody through the mud once in a while. It's happened to me many a time. So I get what Justin Jones is saying, and I think everybody, although it sounds blunt and Packers fans are going to be annoyed and pissed off, at the end of the day, it's hilarious, and it's accurate to an extent, just like it's accurate with everything to an extent, right? You could say the same about baseball fans, Cubs fans. How, how delusional are Cubs fans at times, right? please don't break up the core. Then they trade away everybody, and it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to them. I mean, this happens with every fan base. Bears fans? I can name many instances in which Bears fans have been meatball-ish. You can call, I'm sure many of you have called me a meatball for supporting Mitch Trubisky. I don't care. Maybe I don't know anything about football then, right? I mean, everybody could identify with that statement. 
but I'd like the fact that Jones specified the Packers. He didn't say, yeah, a couple of teams and their fan bases or every team or this team. No, the Packers. Yeah, it's them. They're the ones. They're the guilty ones. They're the problem. Their fault. I love it. And that will register to me unless something unforeseen comes up as the most candid and the most raw comment of the entire Bears offseason. And for that, I think we should celebrate. Thanks for watching today's show here on Sports Talk Chicago. Appreciate you tuning in. John Meadows directing and producing all of you. Please subscribe to the channel. Like this video, even if you're a Packers fan, we'd appreciate it. And also help us out, help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. So long, everyone.